you want to do you want to take that you can use to both slander me out of context and oh boy. use to promote your show just like a bang for episode one sure um and this you may not you may even agree with this but i feel like it's appropriately hot um i'm for sure looking at drafting chigo conquo before i'm ever considering kyle pitts Welcome into the Flex, a fantasy football show. I am your host, JT Runke, producer and writer here at Broadway Sports Media. And I should say, welcome back. This show has taken a little bit of a hiatus over the past couple of years, but we are bringing back weekly fantasy football content for the 2023 season and beyond. Every Saturday, there will be a new episode right here on this feed for you to enjoy as I talk to special guests, get you primed for your fantasy drafts, and answer any and all of your fantasy questions during the season to best prepare you for your matchups. I've been playing fantasy football now for 13 years or so. I live and breathe fantasy football, and I'm so excited to talk some fake ball to all of you fake GMs out there. A quick shout out to the guys that came before me, like Zach Lyons, Justin Graver, and all the boys who did the show and gave me their grace to continue the show now. Um, I noticed that there was kind of a hole in the in the market in Nashville for fantasy football content. So I'm so excited to bring it, especially to you guys here on the Broadway Sports Media Podcast Network. I want the show to be as much as it like it was um, beforehand talking fantasy ball as well as being as viewer focused as possible. I know how frustrating week to week matchups can be and those decisions and how you want a second opinion on it. That's why the show will be catered to you. Just DM the flex Twitter or Instagram page at flex on Broadway on Twitter or at the flex pod on Instagram. And we will dive into your questions, opinions, and weekly banter every single week. This first episode, however, we're going to start off nice and simple Talking about the hometown two-tone blue, the Tennessee Titans have a lot of interesting fantasy potential, and I'm assuming many of you, like myself, are interested in drafting some of them. So we're going to talk about the floor and ceilings of these Tennessee Titans offensive players and where you should realistically draft them. And joining me today is Easton Freeze of the Hot Read Podcast here on the Broadway Sports Media Network. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. All righty, joining me on the first episode back on the Flex here is Easton Freeze, the host of the Hot Read podcast, which I'm also very familiar with. And Easton, <laughs> this is a uh, this is quite interesting. It's like opposite day today. Oh, um, how the turntables, <laughs> JT! Oh, how the turntables! Look at you in the host chair. I know, I'm just right? here to be entertaining and be an adorable face. Wow, you know, maybe maybe this is the role you've always been meant to play. You know, we'll as you are out. entertaining Perhaps. and. I uh, can talk anyone's ears off, but uh, how are you doing today? About that. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm excited. It is it's finally the time of year where I'm starting to pay attention to all the fantasy football content online. You know, you get fantasy, like some folks that work full-time in fantasy, and I do not begrudge them this, have to pump it out like in March. And I'm like, I simply could not care any less, dude. But now I do care, and I find it all fascinating. And, of course, going to be doing a ton of research in the next month or so so that I can feel like I won my draft and then inevitably be a very mid-fantasy football manager. But we'll get to that eventually. Yes, we will get to that. And uh, today we're going to be talking about Titans players specifically in in fantasy drafts. You know, there are – the Titans offense is always a very interesting one when it comes yeah, to – I heard they have no drafts. players. What ha- I, This is going to be a short show, right? A, yeah, from the national perspective, we're going to talk for five minutes on Derrick Henry and then the show's going to be over. <laughs> right, um, right, right, right. 
Um, but they do have some pretty interesting prospects that I think if you're ballsy enough, if you're willing enough to maybe spend a little bit of chunk of change on them this year, it might reap some rewards. But before we get into that, let's start with the obvious player who is going to be talked about every single year the same exact way in Derrick Henry. Let's talk the about the only him player on this team that will have a 100% roster rate in every league. Like, yes, exactly. Outside of him, he may be. They, the rest of these guys are probably going to be available at some point. Henry will be available on draft day. That's the only time. Yes. So let's look at the rankings so far on where Fantasy Pros and The Ringer have him ranked. So Derrick Henry on Fantasy Pros comes in as the running back nine on their board, right behind Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, and ahead of Ramondre Stevenson and Brees Hall. Over on uh, The Ringer, let's see, Derrick Henry is ranked their RB8 between Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard. And then Nick Chubb and Ramondre Stevenson behind him. So basically, and we're looking at half PPR rankings for both of these. Basically, he's kind of ranked in the same spot. And the consensus on him is that he's not, I feel like there's been more so a, a shift in thinking more than just ranking him lower because of his talent. I think he's ranked a little bit lower because of how impactful the target share in the passing game is for a lot of these running backs. I mean, I think we're seeing it a lot this year in a, right. in a lot of mock drafts that I'm using and doing. The wide receiver position is just going much higher than it ever has been. Like, picks one through three could easily be Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and Jamar Chase, and we don't see a Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler go off the board until four or five. So it's quite interesting, and I think there is definitely a shift with these top guys in Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Bijan Robinson, and Saquon Barkley. Um they, they are the bona fide top four because they have a or will have a huge presence in the receiving game. Where I don't agree with a lot of these these rankings here is that it's it's kind of bewildering to me that Jonathan Taylor is almost like three spots higher on mm. every consensus ranking than Derrick Henry, which is very interesting to me considering how much Anthony Richardson will probably be used in the run game. Do you agree with these rankings, Easton? Where do you have Derrick Henry this year? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I agree that the reason why – I think there's three prevailing reasons why you're seeing Derrick Henry lower than typical. And when we say lower than typical, he, he – on I think Still any a list, top 10 running back. Right, and he's, he's a fringe in, – in fantasy context, he's a fringe first-round pick still. He's been a first-round pick the past four or five years. He's still hanging on to that territory. I think the three reasons why you're seeing him fall are, first of all, just age. I think it has a lot less to do with what people have seen from Henry on the field. His actual production is still there. The efficiency has fallen a little bit, you know, year by year, no cliff by any means, but a, a precipitous drop off a little by little. You, you could argue that a part of that at least is due in, in part to the circumstances, like the offensive line he's running behind the reliance on him from the Titans offense to do everything like, when you don't have a threat elsewhere and a defense can truly key in on one guy, the efficiency is going to go down. But the Titans have historically not cared, right? They, they've just, they have gotten him production fantasy-wise through sheer force. They have shoved him through, and the, the volume alone carries him, even if the efficiency isn't there. I, I think it's less to do with him in particular and more to do just with the running back position and our perception on running backs. Once you get to 28 years old, like Derrick Henry is at now, He's entering his seventh or eighth season now. 
you just you get more and more wary of that. It's the Travis Kelsey thing, right? It's it's like this is the year, guys. This is the year. I've been saying it four years in a row now, and he's been like doubling the next closest tight ends uh, numbers in fantasy every year for the past four years. And, and it's the reason why I'm not the championship every year, but this is the year that he falls off. The cliff is here. The same kind of thing happens for Henry. And um, I think a lot of people still consider him a safe high end pick in, in fantasy because of the fact that he has so far like Kelsey proven himself to be the exception to the rule. A lot of people I hear talk about fantasy and they, they just talk about Henry and Kelsey as I know it doesn't make any sense, and on paper, it doesn't really track, and I wouldn't apply this rule to any other guy in the league, but for them, I'm just going to trust them until they prove otherwise. One of the other reasons why I think he's falling is because, and maybe I've just not been paying enough attention until now, JT, but I feel like this year, the zero running back cult has got a lot of traction, and maybe this is just the changing dynamics of the NFL and the way that the league is continually a passing league. I do think that the zero running back strategy is becoming really popular. And it's funny because it really doesn't change a whole lot. If everybody values receivers more than running backs, what does that mean, JT? So four years ago, you and I are sitting in a fantasy draft and everybody has to get their high value running back first and then the high value wide receiver second. Now, massive change. We're all getting the high value wide receivers first and the high value running back second. It's the same difference. So ultimately, it's not that big a deal. And the third reason, like you mentioned, is the pass-catching element. Just looking at the ringer's rankings of running backs right here, just going down from the top, Christian McCaffrey, massive in the passing game. Austin Eckler, pretty much just utilized in the passing game in terms of his elite value. Bijan Robinson, we expect to be a do-it-all back. Uh, Saquon, certainly used less than those guys, but is an element in the passing game and is younger. Jonathan Taylor, I'm with you, kind of strange. I want to circle back on that. Josh Jacobs, kind of in that same boat, younger. They there may be an element of who else on the Raiders is going to do anything besides Devonte Adams, uh, Tony Pollard, of course, and then Derrick Henry. So like five or six of the guys in front of him are all heavy passing game guys with Henry. I would have argued this year that over the past two seasons, we have seen them utilize him in the passing game more and more linearly in increasing his usage rate in the passing game. But there's a rookie on this team named Ty J Spears who you and I both expect to get a lot of that play. And so I totally am with people when they say, I just don't know if he's going to be anything more than a two down back this year. He may be the best two down back in the league, but it's still just two downs. And, sh and so um, if I was to gripe to circle all the way around to the actual question, do I agree with the rankings? If I were to have a, a disagreement with these rankings, I would question only a couple of things. Um, it, it's it's the, the top four in front of him: McCaffrey, Eckler, Bijan, and Saquon. I, I, I'm with you. I would I would rank those guys ahead of him as well. Um, it's the next three guys: Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, that I have a question mark about in terms of them being a better value than Derrick Henry. And it's different for each one. With Taylor, it's it's like you were mentioning. It's a very similar skill set to Henry. Um, you might could argue he has a little bit more potential in the passing game, but and not – Yeah, he's four, that's the biggest thing. He's four years younger. Now, you could also argue on the other side of the coin, he is coming off of an injury and a pretty disastrous season. We don't quite know what the team around him is going to look like this year. And he's got a quarterback now in Anthony Richardson who could absolutely gobble up some of those goal line touches and steal some of that tasty touchdown point, uh, touchdown points from him. With Josh Jacobs, 
it's like uh, was that a fluke was I mean, we saw and one awesome year i'm i'm actually still super high on you're Josh still Jacobs. high okay like, I, I think not, I, I think with the with that grouping i would rank it after the the top bona fide four i think it's derrick henry josh jacobs and i put tony pollard in there because i think it, it's not he's not coming he's we'll get we'll get to him too. but he it's not like it, yeah but yeah, i mean everything looks good so far in camp like i i'm pretty i'm pretty and of course, we're we're in July, and we have two weeks until we get to training camp, and we see all of this. Yeah. Um, but there, it, there's something to be said that if he's good to go, like I think he may have a case to be a right. top if, three running back. If Dallas doesn't add any more running back competition, like there's still, I, I have heard, and maybe this is me being halfway out of touch with the Dallas community, as I willfully choose to be, because I don't want anything <laughs> to do with that team. Um, I've still heard rumblings of like, maybe they bring back Zeke. Like if he can't find a landing spot, he can be their short yardage goal line guy. Like he's banned at a much smaller price point. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but like if they bring in somebody like that um, or a Dalvin cook, again, I have no idea if they're even looking in the running back market or not. I don't know. But if they do, that obviously hurts his value. If he's truly the bona fide one, the bell cow going into the season, it's kind of, I'm with you that it's exciting. If we can guarantee that injury is not going to hamper him. And I've, I've heard, medical experts talk about how like for a running back a broken leg is 10 times better than like a torn acl just and that's what that of, was my point when you said right. it was like it, it, it's so much better to just because that just the heals, heals better it it's yeah. better it's just with all the medical like you're not going to have like the super long lasting effects because the body just takes care of that a lot easier than something like a tendon or the muscle right you're not putting torque on your on your yeah. leg like you are with your knee you're just putting pressure on it and if the bone is healed then it's you know stronger than steel by by volume by weight um the only other thing i would say about pollard and jacobs is the reason why i can kind of understand them being higher than henry is just because both of them are on a team where there's really only one other guy that you're worried about being a skill position player on that team and stealing a lot of the looks um, with, with Pollard less. So, I mean, CD lamb is obviously the other guy. They've got some other mid tier weapons on that team with Josh Jacobs. It really is him and Devante. And so they did, they did sign Jacoby Myers. But, oh, you're right. But, I'm sorry. But I forgot the, about but the bottom Myers. line is that I ranked Derek Henry, Tony Pollard and Josh Jacobs together because he, the my main point with him to put a bow on it is that Derrick Henry has a pretty high floor because all three of those guys are volume guys. They are going to get yep. the looks through and through. Josh Jacobs, we saw last year, regardless of how the offensive line looks, he's going to get the volume. Tony Pollard, if, if Zeke would have gotten out of his way, he's going to get the volume. Derrick mm -hmm. Henry, even though Ty J Spears is there and we'll get to him, he's going to get the volume in this offense. I don't rank... Um, I don't put, um, uh, what's his name, Jonathan Taylor in, Taylor, in that right. in that thing in that same category because I I just question the volume that he's going to mm. get with Anthony Richardson there, um, but like you said, it seems that we've kind of gone full circle and instead of taking our high value running backs first, we are taking the high value receivers first and coming back. Mm -hmm. So he's still going to be there. If I'm in the second round and I have a it's interesting. I think if I have picks maybe one through six in a 12-team league and I'm coming back for my second round, I would probably give uh, Derrick Henry a consideration. But right, I that's what I was going to ask if you wanted to put, like, defining gates on this. Where Where is the highest you would take him? I is think middle that, like, of the second or... round. Middle second, I think, okay. Yeah, middle second round, I think. 
um, because I think I wouldn't be surprised if there are some leagues where you just get really good value on Derrick Henry and people are kind of out on him and you can even get him in the early third, you know? So I think if you're like one of teams one through six in, in the draft, there coming back around on the snake in round two and in round three early, I think that's where you're trying to target him. If you can get him in the third round and just wait, I think that's insane value. But if, if Derrick Henry is available in the third round of your draft, you, yeah, you run yeah. that card up. You yeah, run, exactly. you do not walk. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I think right there at the end of the second round is probably where he goes. Can I ask you one hypothetical? Say you sure. play in a league where it's just full of dinosaurs that just the whole zero running back thing. They just are they're out. You know, it's a bunch of dudes that are just old school fantasy players and they're going for the high value running backs. At what point do you consider pulling the trigger on Henry much earlier? If a bunch of these guys are off the board, like if you see McCaffrey and Eckler and Bijan, and like if, you, if you're sitting at eighth in the eighth or ninth in the first round and the top six or seven running backs are off the board. Do you consider take, like, I guess what I'm asking is where's the cliff behind Henry and Pollard and Chubb. Is that tear break for you between Chubb and like Ramondre Stevenson and Travis Etienne? Is that where you're like, I want to get one of these top nine guys that includes Pollard, Henry and Chubb. I, I think so. I think, because I there's going to be so much value in the later rounds on running backs who were right. RB1s last year that can easily become just an RB2 that you just stick two RB2s in there. And if you have like three of the top 15 wide receivers, you're set, you know, or you right. go out and get a Travis Kelsey, a top wide receiver and a top quarterback in this draft. And if you have these two, so I'm not crazy on trying to go get one of these stud guys, because I think there's just a lot more value to be had in the later rounds right. to, the, to, to that being said like if if there are in fact dinosaurs who just are don't buy into the to the new to the new world order of just let them, be RB, dinosaurs then. let them do it i think i honestly would because if if i can get a cooper cup or i guess maybe like a jamar chase and then come back and get a tyree kill on that right. because everyone is so neglecting and wants that old style running back to anchor yes. your team if you can around, double down I'm on those let, eight i'm gonna let everybody do it yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I I think my ultimate point there that I was trying to set up for you and you you slam dunked it, I, you, I really don't think you have to feel pressured to have – like it's not like you have to have one of McCaffrey, Eckler, Bijan, Saquon, JT, Jacobs, Pollard, Henry, Chubb. They're the best. I think that's kind of our upper crust. And then you get to the Ramondre Stevensons and the Travis Etiennes and the Brees Halls. I really don't think you have to have one of those guys, so I'm with you on that. Let's move on to the other running back who the Titans – selected in the third round of the NFL draft this year, Tajay Spears, who both of us are pretty interested in this year. Tajay Spears is coming in at the 69th ranked running back on Fantasy nice. Pros. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then the 60th running back on the Ringers Fantasy Football Rankings. Um, for context, the people around him on Fantasy Football or Fantasy Pros, you have guys like Zach Evans, who is a also a rookie isaiah right. spiller backup to um to austin eckler you have chase brown who is a rookie in <laughs> cincinnati and then you have boston scott around him in the ringers the giant uh rankings um you have guys the like ringers Roshan. rankings there are only two guys below him he yes is third, he is the third is lowest the third ranked last guy on the list. ranked and that's I feel kind of surprising because if you look at the guys around him, he's ranked below guys like Zamir White, James Robinson, Clyde Edwards-Elair. Like, am I crazy to think that 
Tyje Spears could look, and I've said this before on a show we did with Danny Kelly. Mm-hmm. Am I crazy to think that Tyje Spears might not play a role we've seen like Tariq Cohen play in Chicago? Mm. Mm. No, you're like, not I crazy think that's, at all. I think that's my comp for him. And if I'm if I'm looking for just like dumpster diving in the last two or three rounds of my fantasy football draft, or even if I'm looking on the waiver wire right after the draft, like. Right. Tyje Spears is a is a name that I think I would want to stash on my bench. Yeah, let's let's make that part clear out of the gate. This is a guy who we aren't talking about taking before the 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th no. round of your draft. He's a, he's a flyer guy for sure, and if he's there after the draft as an undrafted guy, he's absolutely somebody that I would look at just stashing. There are two reasons, two big reasons that I think aren't really all that hard to wrap your mind around. And are the reason why I would consider him much higher on the list than a lot of these guys. The first of which is the handcuff. If True. Derrick Henry yes. goes down, God forbid, we have seen we have a, a whole half season of experience with the Tennessee Titans, having lost Derrick Henry in 2021, going to a two-headed backfield at the time, and continuing to. I mean, they they went to New England in like week 13 of that season and ran the ball more than I think the team had run the ball in like 90 games they 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 would not and did not quit the ground attack the identity of this team is built around derrick henry for sure but that's because the identity is really built around the running game derrick henry just happens to be a great figurehead for that philosophy so if he goes down he's getting all of the touches right like all of them like behind him Hassan haskins is not long for this team we believe and and (laughs) then and then you've got Dudes, Jonathan Ward, who's a UDFA, uh, I believe he's a UDFA rookie, and, and um, Julius Chestnut, who last year was a UDFA rookie, who would play more. I think more... they were both were UDFA rookies last year, who showed oh, okay. some flashes so, in games where right. Derrick Henry was out last year against the Dallas Cowboys. But still, like right. if there's a, if there's an option after Derrick Henry, like I, I'm taking Ty J Spears through and through. Like and I'm not, not even not thinking a, not about any of backfield either. I think that no. he gets. I think he takes over as that. I'm getting at least 75% of the workload. So that's number one. Uh, there are very few guys like that in the league where it's like, this is a team that is run heavy, that if they lose their primary runner, it will not matter. They will still be run heavy. And this is the number, like it's not going to be a com- by committee situation. This is the clear bona fide guy behind him. That's that's what a lot of people expect the Titans are planning on doing, grooming Spears to become the next Henry, right? And be that bell cow workload guy. The other reason is upside for me and this is just a philosophy thing when you are drafting at, when you're taking flyers at the end of your draft the last three or four rounds of the draft or you're looking for flyers in the waiver wire on draft night ever after the dust is settled i'm not looking for guys that are like safe higher floor guys like james robinson for example or a ceh um, or a like a gus edwards uh, or a jalen warren i'm looking for guys that have that upside potential and we've talked about this on my show a couple of times just how much this titans team utilized um the player whose name i regularly (laughs) thank you i for some every time i think dontrell hilliard i i get every other running back on the team stuck in my i'm like hassan haskins no no not (laughs) dontrell hilliard dontrell hilliard last season through four or five games led the team in touchdowns by like three or four touchdowns he was their red zone touchdown receiving game merchant. And they That's always ex- were on like wheel route, like receptions out the, yes. out the back door. That was like yep. a sneaky play, which I feel like 
we've seen Ty J Spears already in OTAs be this elusive guy who can yes. just make a, a cut yes. on a dime. Like he's going to play that Dontrell Hilliard role, I think, very well, which is why I agree exactly with you is that when you're looking for upside in these guys in the in the later rounds, you're not wanting to look for upside for I feel like down the road upside. I think you're I think the best way to play upside in the later rounds is to kind of project, okay, what are some names that you're kind of already scouting what the waiver wire looks for week one and two. What are these guys that I think could explode in week one or two that would be hot commodities on the waiver wire I can already have on my team? And I think Ty J Spears is one of them because we saw early and often last year in the Giants game, in the Raiders game, in, in a lot of these early games, we saw Dontrell Hilliard being utilized a lot before he went down with injury. So I, I totally agree with you that if you're looking for a running back just to stash away on your, on your bench for a rainy day, Ty J Spears is the guy. And if you're my looking last for, note, by the oh, way, yeah. is, is is that I think a lot of people will be like, well, the Titans as a as an organization historically slow play their rookies, and it's true they do. They typically yes. really ease them in to the point of frustration of a lot of fans. And when that point is brought up in the context of Ty J Spears, my rebuttal is simply, yeah, I think they're going to slow play his development. But when I think about what will assignment number one be for him, what will his first, hey, master this, and we'll move on. It's going to be that red zone wheel route touchdown merchant like that's because yep. they that's the only immediate need they have in their running game in the running back room. OK, we no longer have the guy that did it in the past. We need a Dontrell Hilliard type. We can have him play that role out of the gate. Yeah, I agree. And if you're going after Derrick Henry in your in in your first or second or third round, like Tiger Spears is almost a must because it's handcuffs an have become. Yep. He's he's handcuffs have become so important i think for the fantasy football landscape the um, alexander madison inaugural yes. honorary handcuff yeah there you go um so yeah stash ty j spears we like him um let's move on to our favorite player over on the hot re podcast who <laughs> we could probably spend a million years talking about but let's kyle let's, phillips yes kyle <laughs> <laughs> mason kinsey mason okay kinsey. Draft, all right draft, we're draft ninth mason round kinsey. for mason yeah, kinsey eight Let's talk about Shigakonkwo, the soon-to-be star tight end of the Tennessee Titans. Um, and no I remember underrated, by the way. They were yes. talking about this on Football and Other F-Words. We're friends of the Football and Other F-Words show. We enjoy that show and what Mike and Zach do over there. They were talking yesterday or earlier this week about how, like, can we quit talking about Shigakonkwo like is underrated? And I'm, I'm, I think that it is officially – like, we were talking about him in the spring that way because he was. He was not being talked about. Like, who do the Titans have to pass to? Chigakonkwo, guys, you can pass to him. Now yep. I think nationally he's gotten the appropriate hype, and, and we are – I think we're now teetering on let's – not, let's not overdo it here. The potential yes. is there, but we don't need to he's – not, he's not Travis Kelsey, all right? So let's and, and maybe that maybe that's, maybe that's a fault of our own show over on the Hot Re podcast. <laughs> no, I refuse um. – no, 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 no. I refuse <laughs> to – I refuse to say that we've overdone it. I think that we have done it appropriately, but now we're just going to – I think this is the time to everybody, the time to everybody knows what he is. We're excited yes. about it. Let's not overinflate it. Now, this would be quite an interesting conversation here that I'm going to let you lead because okay. drafting Chigakonkwo, I feel like, is is an interesting topic. And third round. I, now I've well, <laughs> you'd be surprised, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, talking to Easton here, I have I have now been in two drafts with you. And oh, no. you you are quite the madman when you draft. You take now it, it's commendable to a fault. You take big swings, and you know what? 
for two years now. They haven't worked, but you do. And I, I have to commend you on taking big Remind swings. Me what, was my, what was my swing two years ago? I know what my swing was the, last the year. Swing, the swing two years ago is that in the first three rounds, you took two two tight ends. You took Travis Kelsey and oh, George true. Kittle in your first three rounds and said, I'm going to have a monopoly on tight ends. And then George Kittle played two games, and you had Travis Kelsey. It was cool on paper until George Kittle was. was made of tissue paper, dude. <laughs> And it, I will say this for that one. That was not a pre like if you, if I'm on trial for murder, that one I'm getting second degree because that was not preconceived. I did not go into yes. the draft planning that. It just so happened that I drafted Kelsey and then Kittle was in my lap, and I was like, "Haha, let me take the only tight ends on the board." Last year yes. was probably worse because about a month out, I was dead set. On you were, and and you did player. you you let everyone know last year that you were dead set on taking Back Damian off. Pierce, um, and you did what in the fourth round, fifth round. Fourth, somewhere think, around yeah. there. Fourth, yeah, it was so fourth, Damian Pierce hadn't played a down of football yet. I took him in the fourth round. He Your played second... snaps. He looked fantastic. Yes, he did. And you know what? To give him credit, from like week six through like week twelve, that 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 pick looked like Very it much paid you. off for you. Unfortunately, it was a little bit too. Then little his coach too late killed him. Yeah, for you. it was his yes, coach's fault. Very true. And and well, well, let's not get on a Damian Pierce, but it sounds like he is. His coach is going to kill him again after signing Devin Singletary. Yeah, and just, I'm, I'm it's, it's very I'm not as high this year is all I'll say on that. Shigakonkwo, Easton, how where where are you going to target Shigakonkwo this year in fantasy drafts? Well, let's can we first contextualize where he is on these big yes, boards? Yes, right? let's so, do that. That's actually yeah. that's probably a good idea. Shigakonkwo on the fantasy or the Ringer fantasy rankings is tight end thirteen, planted firmly between Cole Komet. And Dalton Schultz, and then there's other guys like Gerald Everett, Zach Ertz, and Greg Dolchik around him. And on the Fantasy Pros rankings, he is tight end 12 with Dalton Schultz, Greg Dolchik, and Cole Komet around him. So similar company. And to be honest, like I, I, I don't have a problem with that. I think there's a lot it's of upside fine. with a lot of those guys, and sure. I think that they're ranking him right where he needs to be because. You have two options, I guess, now when it comes to fantasy football in drafting. You can either take a tight end within the first four rounds and have that be one of your picks, or you can basically wait until— Or never like, take one. Right. Or, or the eighth or ninth round and grab two of them and pray for upside. And I think that's where you're going to see Chigakonk will go, and a lot of eighth, ninth round upside pick for a guy who, if, if you're privy to the knowledge that you know Chigakonk is going to be a massive part of this offense, like— I, it's not crazy to think that if Tim Kelly decides to actually finally throw the ball to Shigakonkwo, he's going to get the same reception share that he did last year, which was he had seven to eight targets a game. He's going to catch five to six of them, have 40 yards, and hopefully get a touchdown. And, you know, if you play PPR, that's you're, you're, looking, at, you're looking at 10 to 15 points a game. And I think if you're drafting Shigakonkwo in the eighth or ninth round, knowing that you're not taking a top, like, five guy at the tight end position that's perfectly fine do you want to do you want to take that you can use to both slander me out of context and oh boy. use to promote your show and just like a bang for episode one sure um and this you may not you may even agree with this but i feel like it's appropriately hot um i'm for sure looking at drafting chigo conquo before i'm ever considering kyle pitts Ooh, wow so and that for has much less to do with their talent level or play style and much more to do with two things. One, my trust in 
the way that the coach will utilize their coach will utilize them in the offense as okay. much as love Art Smith. Obviously, big fan of Art Smith and what he does, and I think he's an offensive wizard. But a lot like Kyle Shanahan, he's one of those guys where every single week it feels like a different guy goes off, and he's so good at spreading the love that the stars don't really get the attention that they deserve. And last year and the year before, to an extent, Kyle Phillips or Kyle Phillips, Kyle Pitts owners have been furious with with arthur smith our guy danny kelly over at the ringer has historically had a running feud with art smith because he was one of the kyle pitts truthers and he felt like art smith was screwing him over and to a to a degree he was the other thing is just the mouths to feed where do you that's the biggest thing for me with tight ends where do you come in on your roster in the pecking order of receiving threats what what are you where are you in line to be fed in the passing game with kyle pitts there are a number of guys that aren't necessarily in front of him, but are kind of right there. Like he's having to contend with Bijan Robinson, who's going to be gobbling up snaps in the running game and then also be utilized in the passing game. Cordero Patterson still exists. The rookie last year who was really promising, the running back whose name I can't think of, um, help me out if you know. Um, the, Tyler Algier. Yeah, Algier, thank you. Um, and you have Cordell Patterson it's still there. Yeah, and, that's somewhere. what I'm saying. And then Which... in, the, in the receiving game, you've also got uh, Drake London to contend with. So there are a number of mouths to feed. Where Kyle Pitts comes in on the pecking order of of mouths to feed on that offense, yeah, he might be like pass catcher two or three, but that upper crust is kind of all smushed together. We've talked about this. We've beaten this horse to a pulp. Chikakonkwo is very much one of the only viable top end pass catchers on this team like we think there's a decent chance it goes trailing burks chigakonkwo and then maybe a pretty significant cliff to kyle phillips Derek henry tajay spears nwi chris moore like uh, chris those moore. guys <laughs> underrated that's, that's, king that's what i'm saying like chris moore and kyle phillips are the two that i have earmarked as maybe the number three and four biggest um, volume guys in the passing game, I kind of think there's a bit of a cliff after Traylon. Like besides Traylon and Shig, is there anybody anybody on this team that you are pretty confident going into each game this year that they're going to get theirs? Not really. I mean, That's what I'm I saying. think there. I think there's a, a take to be made for Kyle Phillips if he stays healthy and he yeah, just like eats from the slot. But no, not right right now. No, confidently, I can say that we don't have enough uh, evidence to refute that Shigakonko is not going to be the, basically the wide receiver two on this team. And that's what I'll say to folks who are like, you're overhyping him, you're overdoing it, he's still young, he's still developing, he's probably not at his peak. I agree with all of that. We, when we talk about his talent, we're talking about the upside, the potential, how he is ascending and getting better each and every day, and that's what we love. It's not the fact that we think that he already is, talent-wise, a top three tight end in the league. I don't think that. I think that I could probably name at least seven or eight other guys in the league, if not more, off the top of my head, that I think are more talented, more complete tight ends today. The reason why I'm so high on him is a combination of I think that the sky is the limit for him as he continues to develop, and he happens to be on a team where he's going to get crazy, crazy numbers of looks. Those two things in union are amazing. Like, if you, if you for example, let's take another guy on this list, Greg Dolchich, swap him and Giaconquo like what team they're playing for, right? Greg Dolchitz is, is now the guy on the Titans who's the high up, upside sophomore season guy who looks really promising in his 
going to be a threat in the passing game. I'd be saying the same things, even though I think Chica Conkle has a higher ceiling and is today a markedly better tight end than Greg Dolchich is. It simply is the combination of scenarios. And so, like, for example, for Greg Dolchich to be ahead of Chica Conquo, I think that's kind of silly considering the mouths to feed on the Broncos. Everybody knows their wide receiver core and how there's a number of guys that are considered viable, good options, in addition to some guys this offseason that I think people are forgetting about, like Marquez Callaway. You know, they went and they went and grabbed the old New Orleans. Sean Payton went and grabbed a handful of old New Orleans boys. He like did. His, his boys, he kind of brought in. Marquez Callaway is one of those guys. They drafted they're gonna Marvin have They're going to have Samanj P. Ryan out of the backfield who's going to catch yep. a bunch of balls. But even just in the tight end position, Dolchich is considered the one, according to our lad's depth chart. But then behind him, you've got Chris Manhurts, formerly from Jacksonville, Adam Troutman from New Orleans, a, a new, one of his New Orleans boys, Albert O, who we're kind of, we're certainly Ooh, in the post-type yes, era. I totally for. forgot about him. Yes. Yes, I'm saying we're but in the post-type yeah. era for and sure. He was, he definitely was a guy who was promising, but he went down yes. to injury. And I think that's why he just, he couldn't stay on the field. But I mean, yes. if he and gets on the Nate field, Atkins he's a rookie athletic and Tommy freak. Hudson. They, they have, yeah. there's a lot of guys in that room. I just think, and I've said it 19 times, but the, the, the talent combined with the opportunity, it, it, is, it couldn't get any better for Chica Conquo. I think that this guy is the limit in terms of fantasy production because of those two things. Yeah, so that's a guy definitely in our drafts. I'm going to be watching you because you're going to be watching Chica Conquo's stock. Let's like circle around to where you would take I, him. Where, where yeah, would you, where would before, you no, no, before I answer, where would you take <clears throat> Chica Conquo? So, and this like this has a lot to do with where you would even like where are you considering a tight end? Because like you said, if you don't take one of the top guys I, early, then you kind of wait. Yeah, and I think I like both options this year. I think there's really good value in the back half of the draft, but I also am not going to refute taking a Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey in round one. Like I am not, I am not a eh, opposed not to Mark taking. Andrews, really, I I I not think he's year. fine. I think he's going to be better. Um, than he was last year, mostly because he didn't have. Well, I think he'll be good, um, but in terms of like a first or second round guy, I would not take him. Personally. Yeah, I would not take. I the only the only guy you're taking in the first. I, I let's just get this out here. My take is the only tight end that should be reasonably take taken in the first two rounds is Travis Kelsey, and there is yeah. even a take to be made that he should be taken f- top five. Round three or yes. four is when you start getting in that Mark Andrews and George Kittle realm, and then T. I T. think Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, T.J. Hawkinson right. as well. Those guys, I think you can start to make a case for. So it's either if you want to use one of your third or fourth round picks on a tight end, or if you want to wait until like the ninth or tenth round, because I think there's a lot of good value. Like like you said, Greg Dolchitz, Chigakonkwo, and Dalton Schultz, I feel like are all in the same like boat of like they are going. Have you to heard be the way people end. are talking about Dalton Schultz this year? Like he just I'm, sucks. He, I, it's, it's been so, so confusing it's to still me. Wild to he me. was such a stud in Dallas and fantasy and wise. He's he was one of the only like tight ends that week target. in and week out you could trust. Yeah, he's yes. going to produce. And now he's just dead to the world because he's in Houston. Yeah, I, I don't I, get it, man. I don't get it either. Personally, I think who is a rookie quarterback's best friend? JT, a tight end. And you know what? A that's veteran, why. That's why end. I think I would still probably take Dalton Schultz over Chigakonkwo because I know he's just no going problem. to be the number one target in houston and i think for fantasy purposes i think dalton schultz just has a little bit more experience and is is a little better right now um but like either way i'm taking both of those guys maybe in the ninth round yeah and i think that's where i'm gonna just just to illustrate to the people that are listening that disparity of yeah they may be one of the top tight ends but there is such a cliff with the tight ends like using the ringers rankings for example 
Chigakonko is tight end 13, which makes you think, oh, he's, you know, that's pretty top 15 guy, top half of the league. In terms of overall positional value, like the, including all positions in the main big board ranking everybody, he is their 132nd ranked player, even though he is tight end 13, which equates to round like 13, right? If I'm not doing my math right. So um, I, I would take him i'd probably be more horny about it than you are and just be excited <laughs> like because he's I, I the problem with me as a as a drafter fundamentally in fantasy football and this is why i i struggle with the like my initial roster is what what are the what's one of the oldest adages in any draft but in the nfl draft you got to fall in like with guys you cannot fall in love yes. with guys i yes. fall in love with guys and, and that you is really that do. is my problem and when you do that and that's why i'm trying to stay away over. and not get too horny for Chigakonkwo because i want to draft him to but at the Rand same Carthage's time like words to heart this year we're gonna roll the dice yes. and play the board i'm gonna try my best to play the board but yeah, i'll we'll tell you see this much that works out. if we get around to round eight for example and the top tight ends remaining on the board are pat fryermuth greg dolchich Dalton Schultz, Chigakonkwo. I'm starting to get antsy and thinking yeah. about pulling the trigger, but I'm with you. It's like <laughs> round eight or nine is the earliest I'd consider it, and it depends on how the draft is shaked out so far. Sh shaken out. Shake, I don't know. Shaken out so far, but there you go. that's where I'd be considering him. The final guy that we have to talk about is Traylon Burks, who is both boring and super interesting for fantasy purposes, in my opinion. Um, let's talk about his ranking first. Traylon Burks on Fantasy Pros comes in as the 34th ranked tight or wide receiver, right mm -hmm. between Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson, Jahan Dotson, George Pickens, and a free agent DeAndre Hopkins. Mm -hmm. So interesting. I feel like he fits in well with that crowd of just like, what do we do with this guy? You know, <laughs> like, like George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. I feel like, what do we do with them? Because like, sure. They're good. We don't Kenny know Pickett? who's who, who who's the top dog there. You know, like is yep. George Pickens actually going to take a, a second year leap like so many people have been hyping him up to do? I, I don't know. You what say is that Mike like Evans? you kind of think no. I, I don't know. I, I do. I do kind well, of. I, hang on. I bit. know what Mike Evans is. That's not the question. The question is who is throwing him the ball. And if it's Baker Mayfield, I'm running and screaming. Yes. And, and then guys like Jahan Dotson, who showed promise, but sure. Sam Howell. Like, it's just like. In this list of people, I think I'm still taking Traylon Burks ahead of all those guys because we well, at least know who the quarterback. Yeah, he's the only one we that doesn't have a big fat question mark right there, right? He, yes. He's not got competition think, in terms of the alpha yeah. dog like like Deontay Johnson and um and uh, uh uh I was looking at George Pickens. Thank you, Pickens. Um, and then the, those other guys who have massive question marks at the quarterback position. With with Traylon Burks, you know he's the number one for sure. And now if they land DeAndre Hopkins somehow, that this, this this is all going void. Yes. Okay, big yes. massive disclaimer. Don't listen to any of this if the <laughs> Titans manage to get DeAndre Hopkins. That changes things. It doesn't. It doesn't totally change things. I still think Burks would be the number one. Just the the volume would change. Yes. And he has a quarterback. We laugh about this all the time, JT. Casual folks, for some I, we don't know why. For some folks, uh, for some for some reason. Folks that aren't in Titan circles and aren't big ball knowers, big NFL heads, seem to think that Ryan Tannehill has literally fallen off the face of the planet, and I'll, that Will I'll Levis just, is in line I'll, I'll to start this, this season. Yes, I'll bring this up real quick. I just uh, I yeah. have to laugh because the, the sports TikTokers? media is so funny because you have these TikTok guys whose name sports on media. TikTok is called Sports Media, and yeah, they're yeah. literally just slideshows on TikTok that are just like my my predictions for all 16 afc teams this year and at number 16 it's titans 4 and 13 
Will Levis Why? doesn't take that first year leap, and they don't have anybody on defense. Therefore, four and thirteen. I just have to send. Actually, it to I believe he said. So funny. I believe this one guy in particular who you you sent to me today. He said, um, and Jeffrey Simmons and, and Kevin Byard. And Kevin Byard are the only two good defenders. <laughs> My brother in Christ, you, I'm, I'm once again. I'm asking you to learn ball. That is that is They're not even so remotely funny. true. It's yeah. so funny. Um, but like you said, Ryan Tannehill is throwing him the ball, which is better here, than either other way. option. Like, not a um, question. It's Tannehill. Yeah. yeah. It really is. Now, here's a question, because if we move over to the Ringers rankings, they have him ranked as the wide receiver 36. Mm-hmm. Um, but two other guys that are kind of around the same kind of ADP there at wide receiver 39 and 40 is JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and Jordan Addison. So my question to you, let's say, and they're both ranked between the 80 and 95th pick. So you're looking same round, eight to ninth round or so in your draft, as we just talked about with tight ends. Would you take Traylon Burks, who hasn't played a lot, admittedly. He did have some injury issues, but has come back and looked a lot better um, and looked a lot faster and stronger this offseason. Or would you take the upside on a guy like JSN or Jordan Addison to play that wide receiver 2-3 role in some pretty high prolific passing offenses? So, not to not answer your question, but to kind of put my perspective on Burks into focus first. Mm Mm-hmm. The way that I view Burks this season is a lot more similar than not to how I viewed C.D. Lamb last year. It's it's a guy who I am confident is a talented receiver. Now, I will say I had more confidence going into 2022 of what C.D. Lamb is or could be than I do with Burks. Like we still – durability is the biggest thing, right? But then we also are not positive yet whether or not – we've gotten flashes of it. We think that he can be that number one wide receiver alpha dog and and handle what what that demanding role brings. Double teams, you know, uh, boxing in one with a, the elite corner following you around the field. We think that's the case. We don't know it. I think we knew that more with C.D. Lamb. But it is similar in the sense that who else on this team is going to challenge him for that role? Nobody for sure not happening, right? Same deal with Burks and Lamb last year. Also the case that while it may not be a team that is a true aired out passing team, like we know the Titans are a running team, we've gotten nothing but indications from them this year that despite their weapons at their disposal being less than in the eyes of many, they are gearing up this season to be a more balanced team as a, as a running passing split. And the new Tim Kelly offense maybe less of that Shanahan mold of offense and maybe more of that spread West coast offense that we saw him run a good deal in Houston. And, and what we, what, you know, what I saw at OTAs in person kind of confirmed that they may not be, you know, a team that you, I say may not, they will not be a team that you're like, Oh, they're a passing team now, but I don't think they will be so, run heavy I mean, we've, we've seen these charts about like oh look at how todd downing ran on first down all but three times last year every single time like that that's not going to be the case with this team they're going to be passing more and i think that's only going to benefit Traylon burks and so again it is i think people misunderstand folks that are talking about the titans and know about the titans like we are talking about guys like Traylon burks and chicken conquo so highly 
it's not that we are overrating their talent. And it's not that we are not considering the fact that they are still more potential than they are known, known commodities. But it is the fact that they have that crazy high potential that we tend to believe in, combined with the fact that the, the situation presents an opportunity that is so advantageous from a fantasy perspective in the simple sense of who else is going to be the guy getting the touches. It's going to be him. Um, yeah. and, and so for that reason, I'm already, I've already forgotten. Who were, who were the two guys that you were asking me to uh, the The two rookies, JSN and Jordan okay. Addison. Yeah, so I, I take I take him above both of those guys instantly, and the only reason is because I know that Burks, first of all, is going to be a better receiver this season because uh, I think that from a prospect standpoint, I, I would actually, if, if you were to go back before any of them were drafted and just have me rank the prospects, it, it goes Burks, JSN, Addison in that order, really not all that hard for me. Um, I think that if Burks was in this year's, this past year's draft, I mean, Burks was drafted 16th two seasons ago and was the third or fourth wide receiver off the board. Um, this past year, JSN, also the, not the first re- receiver, second receiver off the board, I think. Or was he the first this year? I think he was the first, yep. Okay, so he was the first, but he was drafted, what, like 20th, 21st? So I think he was drafted 16th as well to the Seattle Was he Seahawks. 16th as well? Okay, well. I believe so, because I, I think they traded up for him. Okay, well, I will still argue my point in, in the sense that Traylon Brooks was the third or fourth receiver off the board and went 16th. JSN was the best receiver in his draft and went 16th. I, I think Burks is a better prospect than JSN was. I think I like them both a lot, um, but with that extra year of NFL experience under his belt for Burks, that that is a clear tiebreaker for me. And that is all. I'm I'm I went into all of that. I meant to make that way more simple. It's burying the lead. The lead is Burks is going to be the bona fide number one on this team. JSN's going to be the three pretty definitively. Like he's I will barring injuries. I will be shocked if he is getting more looks than Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are. Same deal for um, uh, Jordan Addison. He's not going to necessarily be the three, but he's certainly not going to be the one. We know who the one is in Minnesota. It is Justin Justin Jefferson. And as far as ones go, you can call him like a one and and a half um, because he's going to demand that full one target share and then some. There are going to be multiple weeks this year where he's getting double-digit targets double digit receptions and that's going to do nothing but take away from addison's production so again even putting talent aside just the opportunity the the role they're going to play it makes burks the clear option in my opinion yeah i think i i think i'm leaning towards you on that because like you said that volume i think right now i still would put can you make the counter argument what would your what would your number one counter argument to that that be because i think i know what it would be and it's simply that people could say well i think the titans offense is going to score roughly zero touchdowns and these other offenses are going to score touchdowns which i think i think the the counterpoint would be that the offensive efficiency is not going to translate to um fantasy purposes i think Mm -hmm. that Traylon burks might be a really good NFL wide receiver, but for fantasy purposes, he may he might not be all that, which is why I would still consider him to be my maybe one of my two flex options going into each week and being able to dra- draft him around the eighth to ninth round as well. I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad at that at that ADP because I think sure. that's what he is right now. I think he is a flex guy that probably is going to get eight to nine targets a game, catch six of them or so, and hopefully go for maybe 80, 90 yards and get a score. 
Um, right. And I think that's what you're going to get from him right now. I think his floor right now is anywhere between 8 to 11 points is what you're going to get from him. And now if they, if they do get more efficient on offense with Tim Kelly this season, he could become a great wide receiver too. That And, you know, you got a, you got a steal of a wide receiver that was supposed and to play And that's what I was going to say. When you're, when you're looking at a guy like that where it's potential and less known commodity, you have to parse what is he now versus what you think he might be by the end of the year. I think it's perfect. I think it's not over or underrating it. I think it's perfectly rated, appropriately rated. He is a very good flex option right now. And I know a lot of people go into fantasy drafts and just their entire fantasy philosophy, which is mine as well. Hey, how about we just don't draft or play the players that play on bad teams? Like maybe we just play the players on the good teams that are going to score more. I'm with you. I am. And so if you are one of the people that many people consider the Titans to be maybe not a horrible team this year, but certainly not on the good side of the spectrum, if you think that's going to be the case, I get that. I also think there's room to break that rule where it's like, okay, yeah, this team may not be good. They may actually be actively bad. But if there is one or two studs on this team and then kind of like nobody a, else. Kind of like a Deontay Johnson two years ago when Big Ben was yep, on his dead. way out, I feel yes. like. Yep. Yep, I feel 100%. like that's I feel like that's a really good comp for him, um, and yeah, I agree. If it, at, at the end of the day, volume is king for me personally. I think like no if matter you get a how wide receiver one is, on their team, like they're the wide receiver one for a team, and it's your flex option. That's perfect. That's exactly. What I, you I, want. I would agree. I would take him in the eighth or ninth as Sa- same as range said. as Chig. Yes. Okay. I think okay, I gotcha. would. Um, I think, I think that's where I look as well. Yeah. I'd, where is like where I said, he ranked he's ranked here. Um, like what round? He's the 81th, uh, over, 81st, 81. 81th, <laughs> 81st <laughs> I like it. I like player it. overall. So okay, so right, around, right around that eighth round. Yep. And I think that I think, like you said, there's a lot of interesting people around there. Um, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Jahan Dotson, uh, the rookies, but none of them are truly a bona fide wide receiver one like Traylon Burks is, and that's where you got to kind of shop for that value and get that volume. I think. And last note, just to be clear, we are by exclusion, definitively saying there is nobody else in this Titans team that you should be considering drafting, right? I, mean, I don't... I, 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 yeah, I would, I would say so. I, yes. Well, I'll say Kyle was, Phillips was falls into maybe, that. Maybe, maybe a flyer option round 16, 17, 18. But I don't even think so because there's just so much wide receiver depth out there. Like, well, until yeah, you're Kyle right. Phillips it to- proves it to me. It depends you know? on what... So, like, if you're in a 12 or 14 team league and it's truly just barren wasteland and you're looking for upside, then I can understand spending a 17th round pick I mean, this is when everybody's like looking at drafting a kicker or a defense, right? If that's where you are and you're just like, I'm not about that. I'm a waiver wire defense guy. I'm a waiver wire kicker guy. I'll just do flyers on those guys. Then I wouldn't hate a Kyle Phillips pick, but no, that is the, that's the highest possible scenario. No, I think that by the end of the year, he could be rostered in 90% of leagues because he has reached his potential. But right now there's just too much of a question mark. I agree. I think in, don't go get Ryan Tannehill. There's other options. <laughs> like, like, it, go get yourself a good quarterback. We'll talk about this later. This, you can this take month. Tannehill off the waiver wire, but do not go draft. Yes, him. do not yeah. go draft Ryan Tannehill. And now I think that is going to be it for this first episode back on the flex here. Easton, thank you so much for joining me here. I think we learned a lot today. Take Ty J Spears. Don't get too horny for Chig. Find guys with volume. I think it's always, you know, that's. That's kind of the rules we're down. We're trying to we're trying to get down to basics, the fundamentals here, and I think that the fundamentals take always have a backup plan. Ty J Spears, don't get too horny. Chikaconquo, find value. Diamonds in the rough. Yes, Derrick Henry is still going to be good. Um, 
Well, I appreciate you having me on. It was awesome yeah, being course. the first guest. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, I'll be back maybe sporadically throughout the season, and I can't wait yes. for this show to to do it. I'll be I'll be the biggest fan of this show. Hopefully, we can pump it up and get a big audience. So I'm excited. True. Very excited. Yep. And like I said in the intro here, if you have questions, if you have opinions, if you have ideas, we're gonna try to do as much mailbagging things that we can do. Send them over to the Flex Twitter account and Insta Instagram account. Once again, that's at Flex on Broadway on Twitter and at the Flex Pod on Instagram. I'll be checking those every single week. If you guys have questions, if you have concerns about your drafts, let me know. I'm so excited and happy to talk about them. And like I said, that's gonna be it for today. I am your host, JT Runky. Thank you, Easton, once again, and we will see you next week.